Okay, so let's try this. Write a podcast introduction for ABC News Daily with Sam Hawley about artificial intelligence. Okay, generate. Welcome to ABC News Daily. I'm your host, Sam Hawley. Today's episode will be discussing the latest developments and challenges of artificial intelligence with a special focus on how it's impacting education. From personalised learning to virtual teachers, we'll explore the potentials and challenges of incorporating AI in schools and universities. Hi, I'm Toby Walsh. I'm a professor of artificial intelligence at UNSW Sydney. Toby, for this episode of the podcast, we had a play around with the AI chat GPT and we got it to actually write our introduction for us. So it made our job a bit easier. I think we could have done a better job, but it was actually pretty good. It really did quite impress me when I first started to play uh, with chat GPT. Um, back at the end of November, beginning of December when it came out. I've worked in the field of AI now for all of my life, for nearly 40 years. Um, And it did strike me as one of those landmark moments where we could see um, we made a significant advance. And it's one of the advances is it's much more accessible. Um, We've had chatbots in the past that have been nearly as capable, but they haven't been quite as accessible. Anyone can access it at the moment for free. Yeah, amazing, for free. And you just type in, write my introduction about this topic, and there you go, you have 30 seconds of it. It's pretty, pretty incredible, actually. It is. People are going to find it quite a useful tool. Um, Mm. Microsoft are one of the backers behind the company, OpenAI. They're they're just talking about putting another 10 million Mm. into it. And so you can be sure it's going to be turning out very shortly in Microsoft Office and all of the tools there. So every time you're um, open Word or typing an email in Outlook, you'll be able to access this tool and it will be able to um, write you the email or write the next paragraph mm. in, oh, your, in your Word document. We were just talking about it in the office before about when we lived without Google and how we couldn't imagine doing that now. So it's sort of, you know, it's really cutting edge technology, isn't it? So I want to get a sense, Toby, from you about how it actually works. Well, it's pretty much like the autocomplete on your phone. So when you're texting on your phone or typing something on your phone, um, there's a program there that that has been given the dictionary of words and their frequencies um, and tries to predict the most probable word that you're typing. Mm. Um, And it does quite a good job. Well, they've taken that, but really put it on steroids. They've not taken <laughs> just a dictionary. They've got pretty, poured pretty much the, the whole of the internet into the program. And it's learnt not just how to complete the word, but how to complete the sentence, even how to complete the paragraph. Um, but it, it's worth pointing out that that is remarkably effective. Um, but it does come with strong limitations. Mm. It doesn't really understand what it's saying. It's just saying what is m- most probable. 
Um, and so it's quite easy for it to to say things that are false and also to just make stuff up. <laughs> just like human beings, I suppose. <laughs> but it's uh, it's really conversational, isn't it? It's like you're talking to a real person. It is. And you can even actually change the person you're talking to. So you can say, uh, ask it a question and reply in the style of a, of a 12-year-old or um, in the style of a Chicago mobster or William Shakespeare or whoever it is you want. Mm, so we have this new cutting-edge technology, but as always, with it comes many new dilemmas, and particularly we've seen, of course, in the education sector, because there is a worry, isn't there, that students in schools, in universities, they'll be able to use it to cheat. But now there's a new technology driven by artificial intelligence, which is causing big headaches for teachers and academics. Yesterday, it was reported that one online service, ChatGPT, would be banned from public schools in New South Wales and Queensland. So how prepared do you think schools are for this? None of us, I guess, are really prepared for this because it's sort of just landed in our lap. (laughs) Yes, as as usual, we have to play catch up with the technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, This isn't a future worry. There are already students have been caught cheating and have been given fail grades in the US. Mm. Um, for having used this to to submit their answers as opposed to write them themselves. Um, It it is a very real worry um, that students will use this. And indeed, um, it's now being banned from schools in New South Wales. It's been banned from schools in New York State. Um, Lots of school districts are thinking about how they respond to that. Uh, I'm not sure that that's going to be very successful because whilst on the school network you can block access to a particular website, Students just need to open their phones and they can access it themselves. Mm. And then go home, I suppose. They can access it at home. Yes. Well, we did a little test on this, asking ChatGPT to write a response to an actual Year 12 English HSC writing test from last year, which was to analyse a piece of, of text. And this is, what we, this is what we came up with. In this extract, Arud Pragasam creates a sense of freedom through the use of imagery and juxtaposition. The extract opens with an anecdote of Krishnan's train ride in an urban setting, which is then contrasted with his train rides in rural India. This contrast highlights the different experiences of travel and how they can shape a person's understanding of freedom. The personification of nature in the wind calling to... Well, (laughs) Toby, I am no HSC English teacher, but that seemed pretty good. It was really detailed. It did. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to necessarily be A grade, but it's certainly at least a a good B there. Um, And if you're short of time or or not a very good student, you could possibly submit that and, and get a decent mark, I imagine. Mm. But there are teachers out there that are saying they would definitely know if a student submitted that. They would know that that was AI and it wasn't the student. Is that true? Can they really tell? Well, if the student had previously submitted very mediocre work and then suddenly submitted something like that, which was clearly a step above, then then the teacher might might uh, suspect mm. that it was written by ChatGPT and not by the student. But it's very hard to actually prove, especially if you're going to fail them or, or take. If there's going to be severe consequences um, if you're found out using ChatGPT. As I said, you can get ChatGPT to to change the language it uses. So if you write, ask it to write in the style of a year 12 student, it's going to change the vocabulary. It's not going to be quite as sophisticated, maybe change the grammatical structure, change the, the length of the sentences to reflect more what a, 
year 12 student would use. Um, and so that's going to help disguise it. There, there are tools um, to try and, and spot plagiarized work, but, but this essay, it's important to understand, is not plagiarized. You can't find those sentences probably anywhere on the internet, but they're some amalgamation of the sorts of sentences people write about that sort of, about that sort of text. Mm, but hang on, if two students put in the same question, do you get the same response or you get a different response? That, that's an interesting question. Uh, there's a certain amount of randomness in, in the response. If mm. You can run it again and you'll get a different response. As you mentioned, New South Wales and Queensland have taken the steps to actually ban it uh, in the schools. You don't think that will particularly work so what are schools and universities meant to do now that this is available? How should they be assessing students if they feel like this is now a barrier to, I guess, truth-telling from their students? Uh, well, in the short term, I think you know, we need to make it clear, as we are doing to our students at the university, um, you know, where and when these tools are allowed and when they're not allowed. Mm. But ultimately, if you want to make sure the student has written the essay themselves, you have to put them in exam conditions, put them in a room, make sure they have no access to any technology and just a pencil and paper. Mm. That's the only way you can be sure. Longer term, I think we have to really consider, well, how, how are we assessing people? We're not asking them to write essays because there's some shortage of essays in the world. We're asking them as a, as a device to help them understand the, the subject, to help them think critically, to, to, and, and also to, to learn how to communicate. And so um, if, if we can't ask, use essays to do that, um, we have to think of other you know, more novel ways of assessing those skills. Oh, so a whole generation is going to get out of essay writing, is what you're saying, even though we all suffered through it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. Just like when we introduced calculators, I'm, actually I'm reminded very much of the debate we had mm. um, when I was a child about whether we should be allowed to use calculators or not in exams. Yes. And, and we know, of course, that ultimately calculators won that debate. Now, Microsoft, you mentioned, has poured billions now into this. So presumably... It's, the technology will get better and better, will it? I mean, what will we end up with? Can we? Can our mind actually go there? We we will get better and better versions of this. It's already quite impressive. Um, the next version is due out um, sometime this next quarter. Uh, GPT four. They've been training it for the last uh, five or six months, um, and that's going to be uh, an improvement again. It's going to be. It's an order of magnitude bigger than, than GPT-3, for which ChatGPT is based upon. Mm. Um, and so it's going to be quite eye-opening to see what that order of magnitude increase in the size of the chatbot does and how much more capable. The technology is going to make our lives easier, but it sounds like we won't have to do much anymore. Well, hopefully, you know, I don't think anyone ever liked writing business. I never liked writing business letters and we will never have to write business letters again. I mean, as soon as I showed the tool to my wife, she said, oh, I need to write a, a complaint letter to Fitbit because my <laughs> Fitbit's just broken. And she used it immediately to write oh. a, a very convincing complaint letter. Oh, fantastic. I'll keep that in mind. The funny thing there is that People will, lots of people will start writing complaint letters and companies are going to be inundated with all these complaint letters. Yes. And the only way they can respond is by using ChatGPT to write the responses. To write back again. Okay. So you'll have the computers talking to the computers. And no one and actually, no, yes. No humans in between. <laughs> love it, love it. Thanks so much, Toby. Pleasure. 
Toby Walsh is a professor in artificial intelligence at the University of New South Wales. The group of eight leading universities in Australia say they've already revised how they'll run assessments this year due to ChatGPT, including the greater use of pen and paper exams. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Peed. Over the weekend, catch This Week with Melissa Clark, where she'll be looking at the spike in crime in Alice Springs. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily was recorded on Gadigal Land and we'll be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.